This is Shelter in Place, a podcast about coming together in a world that pulls us apart. From Oakland, California to Hamilton, Massachusetts, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. This month, our family is on the road. If you've been following season two of Shelter in Place, then you already know the story of how we got here. What we've been calling our pandemic odyssey, a journey that took us from California to Massachusetts and now back again. It's a journey we're very much still on, and it's been a gift to have you travel with us. While we're traveling, we're releasing some of our favorite episodes from our archives, and also some conversations that you've never heard before. Since June is African American Music Appreciation Month, I thought it was only fitting that I share with you an episode with Miko Marks from season one, with some new bonus content that wasn't included in that first episode. Miko grew up in Flint, Michigan, but her home is the same place ours is, Oakland, California. I listen to a lot of different kinds of music, but Miko has become one of my favorites. Whether or not you're a country music fan, I challenge you not to be stirred by her powerful voice and incredible soul. My conversation with her was an absolute delight. I love country music, but I generally just love to sing. I actually started with gospel music. I was raised in the church, and that was the staple for everything that we did. My mom was pretty well-versed in music. You name it, I heard it in my house. But I really took a liking to country music because of Loretta Lynn, Patsy Cline, Johnny Paycheck, Waylon Jennings, some of those people, because of the stories. I would go on a real journey inside the song. And I was a kid and I love stories. So I got really into country that way by just listening to the stories. And that's how I started to write. I wrote my first song. Oh, I was probably about eight years old. All through high school, I sang in the choir, got to sing at Carnegie Hall because our little choir was really good. (laughs) That was pretty fun. I was 15 when that happened. But musically, as far as country music and really getting into this is what I want to do, I was 17 years old. Everybody from my hometown, the girls that I hung out with, they were going to college. They were going to MIT, Michigan State, all these wonderful universities. And I was just like, I got to go somewhere. So I applied to Grambling State University, which is an all-black college in Louisiana. And I got a music scholarship. And that really opened me up to music in a totally different way. I met my husband at 19. I got married at 22. And then I had a son at 23. And so I kind of didn't start right into music until my late 20s, early 30s, professionally, where I was like, this is what I'm going to go for every day, all day. My husband, he was really encouraging. He was like, you should be singing for a living. You shouldn't be working a nine to five. You have a gift and you need to share it. Quit your job and let's pursue this. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah. And then I was like, okay. I made a demo of like maybe six songs, met Rod Carter of Mirami Records, who was like an independent label. And we got started on making my first album. And that was, I want to say 2005. And it was kind of like my breakout of like, I'm a country music artist. I'm freeway bound. I'm heading straight to Nashville. So that was really me putting my print down unofficially being a country music singer songwriter. When I first started with It Feels Good, I wrote seven of the 10 songs on there. So that album was really about my journey, about finding my way home musically. Like, where do I belong? Who am I? 
When Miko's album, Our Country, came out this past March, it had been 13 years since she released her last album, It Feels Good. After facing roadblock after roadblock in the early 2000s, as a Black singer navigating the Nashville country music scene, Miko says that she never intended to record another album. But then, producer Justin Phipps approached Miko with his song, Good Night America. Miko says it was such a special song. I'd never done something that was so spot on for where we are in the world. I had to record this song. I was a little nervous when he gave me this song because I'm kind of like a happy-go-lucky, always-smiling kind of person. You know, that's my reputation, at least. I've never really put out a song like that, you know, a political song. And so it kind of felt like, oh, do I want to do this? But then I felt like it's above me. It's not about me. The message is so much more important. It's bigger than me. This song really spoke to me because it brought to the forefront my truth, my history, our history. And so I was like, I have to do this song. I have to. And I'm so glad I did. And when I recorded this song back in January, I had no idea we would be where we are now. It was released on Martin Luther King Day. I had no idea. I thought, "Mm, this is a message. This is a song. No, we need to hear this song now, more now than ever. I found Miko because of that song. It had haunted me for months. It felt like the song of our time. It felt like a song for us to live by. Good night, good night Down goes the sun The day is almost done America, your time has come Oh, beautiful, for spacious America, your dream has
so long, so long I would say fare thee well But all the evil you have done Is more than anyone could tell God knows you're heading for Where the wicked dwell Hush now, babe Hush now, don't you cry this is the fall that follows your pride Good night, America, good night Good night, America, good night When I first spoke to Miko last summer, it was just weeks after George Floyd had been killed. I have had a range of emotions. I've done a lot of crying. I've done a lot of being numb. I've had a lot of anger. I've had a gamut of emotions. Yesterday, I just felt so sad and so hurt. I feel like we're leaderless right now. And we're all just flailing because we're hurting inside and nobody knows the exact right thing to do was my role in this. And so with all the looting going on and everything like that, I took it upon myself to do some cleanup behind that. But today, I saw a new narrative where police and demonstrators are coming together a little bit more. There's some healing taking place in my hometown of Flint, Michigan, where the chief got with the people and he marched and walked with them, protested with them. And so those are the things that I'm holding on to. I still have hope. But in order for us to move forward, we're really going to have to look at the foundation and those cracks in there and seal them up, see how we can heal them up. We keep denying America's history. We'll never get to the place where we need to be. We have to confront the history of what our country is and what it's based upon. We are not one nation. We are becoming 50 nations, 50 little countries. And that's not the America that I would like to see. I would like to see us unify. I would like to see us come together so we can become the United States that we claim to be. But right now we're so divided. I'm fearful of even more division. We can't thrive without helping each other. And I don't have an answer, but one that comes to mind is the economic disparity between the rich and the poor. There's such a huge gap. There's a lot of separate living going on. My community, my white friends, my black and brown friends, we embrace each other. We connect with one another easily. My life is pretty melded quite colorfully, you know. I have a lot of friends of different races, and I don't have the experience that some people have had. But I realize that a lot of the country is not like that. But I think first we have to listen to one another. That's the best answer I can come up is to try to be open to the dialogue and really hear each other. It feels overwhelming, but I still have a glimmer of a hope when I see police chiefs embracing the protesters, when I see them listening and telling them that they stand with them because they're humans too. They're doing their job. And it's hard on both sides. Imagine being African-American and being a cop but you have to go out here and be on the front lines of a protest that you feel is necessary. There's many pieces to this puzzle, and I just pray every day, God, help us. Allow a real leader to rise up and come and help and talk to the youth. Right now, we need leadership. We need guidance. It's a lot for me to take right now, but I do remain hopeful. I pray. I meditate. 
I talk with others who are going through the struggle. I check in with friends. I try to look at the simple things in life, like, hey, I'm cooking a dinner right now. This is a blessing to be able to cook a meal for my family. I have a 24-year-old son who is in the music business, and he just melted my heart the other day. He started his own music group, and he called it Ghetto Kids. And I was like, uh, what is this, Ghetto Kids? But ghetto is an acronym for going hard every day to overcome. He changed the narrative around that word. That just brought me to tears. I look at the positive things that are going on in my life personally and the positive things that I do see happening with the protests, with the voices being heard. And there are glimmers of hope in there. I see it and I can feel it. In January, Miko and I spoke again. She sent me this message to include in our January party episode. Here's what she said. I am so happy that I made it to 2021. I'm in a place where things are happening very vividly as I'm more present than I ever have been. And so to be able to create and be present through music and share that to the world is priceless. So I'm grateful for that. I hope you'll buy Miko's new album, Our Country. As one writer put it, our country refuses to be put squarely into one box. I love traditional country music. That's my favorite. But I wanted to open up a little and branch out. And now that I've been working with a new label, Red Tone Records, I've just been like, give me all the music you got. What can we do? What can I do with my voice? Where can I go? I wanted to take the limits away and kind of go genreless. If it's beautiful music, it should be heard. Like Goodnight America, Justin Phipps wrote that song. And what a timely piece it is right now. I wouldn't say it's country. I wouldn't say it's blues. It's just a beautiful, poignant, honest, true song. And I'm hoping that everybody who listens to it can feel the realness of it and the honesty. On her website, Miko says of Our Country, this album is overall a heartfelt prayer for honesty and reflection. I hope it evokes a sense of urgency around systemic racism, injustice, and economic disparity that plagues the underprivileged in our country. I hope the message of compassion and unity rings true and encourages listeners to identify, digest the fullness of the music in a transformative way. I asked Miko if she would share one more song with us. This last song was written by Justin Phipps, co-founder of Red Tone Records. Justin said that this song was inspired by the biblical account of Jesus' first miracle, turning water into wine. According to the story, there doesn't seem to be much more of a reason for this particular miracle than to simply keep the good times going and the wine flowing.
I just want people to know that there are African-American country music artists. A lot of people don't know about us or we're not in the mainstream, so to speak. But there's Mickey Guiton, there's Reese Palmer, two wonderful ladies that you might want to go take a listen to as well. We are here and music should have no boundaries, really. Go to MikoMarks.com and see if you like what you hear. And I hope you all are all staying safe and staying blessed. The songs Miko sang for us today were included with permission from Red Tone Records, a nonprofit social justice label. Special thanks to The Freight and Salvage for hosting the live show that put Miko on my radar, that helped me bring this conversation with her to you. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll buy Miko's new album, Our Country, and share this episode with others so they can buy it too. You can find more of Miko's work at MikoMarks.com and also in our show notes for today at shelterinplacepodcast.info. Shelter in Place is part of the Herd at Media Network. The Shelter in Place music was created by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions. Additional music and sound effects for this episode came from Storyblocks. Alana Herlins is our producer. Nate Davis is our creative director. Sarah Edgel is our design director. And our outstanding season two spring apprentices are Clara Smith, Samantha Skinner, Elin Tekle, Shweta Wabwe, and Michelle O'Brien. Until next time, this is Shelter in Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis. A Huda Media Production.